The offseason player reviews continue today as we turn our attention to the pitching staff and specifically one Mr. Miles Michaelis. The guy was an all-star this season, but can we expect the same production this year as his contract comes to an end? Plus, I've got a fun Corbin Burns trade scenario for you. We'll see if you would pull the trigger on this deal. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when the next video is going to go live. But uh, if you can like and subscribe, that would be great. It takes like two seconds for you to hit that like button. We've got... Hundreds and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people watching these videos. And then I got like 50 likes on there. All you got to do is click the little like button, man. What's so hard about that? Click subscribe. Become a member. Be a part of Locked on Cardinals. Because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So the Cardinals were an incomplete team in 2022, mostly, in my opinion, due to injuries. The outfield, which seemed like it was completely set coming uh, into the year, just fell apart, was in shambles after O'Neill kept getting hurt. Bader got hurt. Then he got traded. Carlson missed time with injuries. Yepes got hurt as well. The infield stayed intact for the most part, except for the Paul DeYoung struggles, which forced some shifting around, but nothing too major injury-wise there. Then there was the starting rotation who dealt with multiple injuries. The hopeful ace, Jack Flaherty, didn't finally arrive Didn't finally arrive in St. Louis until June, and then he was gone again. And then he came back, but it was September, and the season was pretty much over. Free agent signing, Stephen Matz, inconsistent. Then he gets hurt, hurts his arm. Then he comes back. Then he hurts his knee. Then he's in the bullpen. Dakota Hudson, inconsistent. Adam Wainwright, a rock until September. Then his mechanics fall apart, and he struggles. And then there's Miles Michaelis, the last man standing, who made a career-high 33 starts this year and made the All-Star team. Actually, 33 appearances, 32 starts, and made the All-Star team. Now, by a show of hands, go ahead. Don't be shy here. Who saw that coming? Anybody? Anybody? Certainly not me. I sure did not. I genuinely had no faith, no faith, none whatsoever in Miles Michaelis coming into the season. And I'll, I'll explain to you why. I have reasons behind this. Now, Michaelis was a seventh-round pick by the Padres in 2009. Out of, anybody know? Nova Southeastern University. Never heard of it, have you? Neither had I. But apparently it's located in Davie, Florida, and is a private research university, whatever that means. Uh, other well-known alumni of Nova is the former VP of Panama. Of course, you knew that. How about the dermatologist who won Big Brother 2? He is apparently somebody who's important. 
And there was another well-known baseball player, J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez went to the same school, same time as Miles, actually. Miles went 7-2 and two with a 2.09 ERA and 11 starts in 2009. Martinez had great numbers, hit 428, 15 bombs, set a program record with 73 runs scored. But Miles gets taken in the seventh round. J.D. Martinez didn't get drafted until the 20th round by the Astros. I wonder if Miles actually teases J.D. Martinez about that. Could they be teammates at some point this year? Possibility? Anyway, so he gets drafted, had pretty good numbers in the minors, and kept going up and down between the big club and their AAA affiliate. In fact, the first hitter he ever faced, Giancarlo Stanton, then with the Marlins. What did he do? Hit a home run off him because <laughs> that's what people do against Miles Michaelis. And uh, it just is the way it is, man. He gives up a lot of home runs. And Miles grew up a Marlins fan, so that had to be a little bit weird for him, right? So the Padres end up trading Michaelis to the Pirates after the 2013 season, not because he had horrible numbers. They just uh, they designated him for assignment, actually. Nobody took him, so they traded him, along with another player in exchange for Alex Dickerson. And then the Pirates flip him to the Rangers, and things didn't fare well in Texas. Things were bad there. He gets released after the 2014 season. So what does Miles decide to do? I'll go to Japan. Why not? Goes to Japan to pitch, spends three seasons there, goes 31-13 and 13 at their highest level, and has a 2.18 ERA before the Cardinals come calling. Michaelis signs a two-year, $15.5 million contract with the Cardinals, and he does that on uh, December 5th. 2017. Now in 2018, Michaelis shocks everyone and goes 18 and four, 18 and four. His 18 wins led the league with a 2.83 ERA. He becomes an all-star. He gets Cy Young votes, finishes sixth in the Cy Young. Uh, Jacob deGrom ends up winning it that year, but it was crazy, right? Nobody saw that coming to see a 29 year old have this much success after spending three years overseas playing ball. And the Cardinals didn't screw around. After that year, they're like, dude, we got to lock this guy up. We got to lock him up. And even though he was signed, he still had another year to go. They signed Michaelis to a four-year extension worth $68 million. And when I heard that news, I immediately said, what? What are you doing? After one year, one year? We're going to give this guy $17 million per? What are we doing, Cardinals? But they liked him. They saw something they liked. They said, you know what? We, we think it's uh, what he's doing has stability, and he's going to continue to be this good. And he's obviously a character. We all know that. So it's not like people don't get along with Miles Michaelis. Everybody gets along with him. He's fantastic. Um, but the 2019 season, plenty of regression, right? And it was expected. I mean, 18-4, that's not going to stay, right? But his record falls to 9-14. and 14. Previous year, 18 wins leads the league. His 14 losses the next year leads the league. His ERA jumps to 4.16. His home runs allowed go from 16 to 27. But his walks, his strikeouts, they stay about the same. He was just giving up more hits and clearly giving up more home runs, which is not good if you're a pitcher. That's bad. But the Cardinals don't waver. In fact, they start him in game one of the NLDS against the Braves. And he pitches good. He got the winning game four, came in in relief to get that one. Cards win the series. They move on to face the Nationals in the NLCS. Michaelis starts game one. 
Pitch is good again, but gets outpitched by Anibal Sanchez. Cardinals lose that one two to nothing. Not Miles' fault, but he was good again. Cardinals get swept. Nationals go on to win the, the World Series that year. It happens. And then the bad stuff starts going down for Michaelis. The injuries start to creep up. Michaelis deals with a forearm soreness, uh, with some forearm soreness at the end of 2019. So he ended up getting a platelet-rich injection, which helped with the issue in spring training. I think he had that done like in late February. And, uh, you know, 2020, obviously, it was COVID. So that delayed everything. So the team thought that with the injection and with the rest that he'd be able to be good to go as soon as they started playing baseball again. But as he ramped things up, the issues came back, and it was deemed he needed surgery to repair the flexor tendon in his throwing arm. 2020, Gone. It's over. 2021 hurts his shoulder in his first bullpen session back. Ends up coming back from that injury. Pitches one game against the Cubs on May 22nd. Comes out after four innings due to another forearm injury. But lucky enough, this time it does not require surgery. Because that was the fear, is that he tore something again in that pitching elbow. But wasn't the case. But still, we don't see him for a long time. Doesn't return to the team until August. And when he does return... And looked that great. He had a couple games where he's okay, but for the most part, nah, that wasn't something we liked. So you can't blame me after telling you all of this, this long shot story, the injuries. You can't blame me or anyone for having low expectations of Miles Michaelis coming into the 2022 season, but Good for him. Prove me wrong and everyone else who doubted him wrong. We'll talk about his comeback season next and why I expect little drop off. We'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? You've heard the stories, right? You watch the news. People take stuff off of people's porches. Uh, how about the movie Home Alone? They wait till you go out of town to visit family, and then they break into your home. Not something you want to go through, right? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering, get this, 50% off their award-winning security system. 50%. So that more families like yours can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. And yes, it is the holiday season. We are in November now. And if you could see through the walls over here, my wife has already got a Christmas tree up. We're calling it a holiday tree right now. We don't have all the bells and whistles of Christmas onto it yet, but she wanted it up. She's like, I'm ready to be festive. But we want our home protected, don't we? All of us do. And Simply Safe is the name that you got to know because they were named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. This is not just a one-off type of thing. Three years in a row, dominating. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is uh, is whole home security too. It's not just like one room. We're talking about the whole shebang, with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, not when, say, a cat goes by your house. You don't want everything going off. They'll let you know. 
And even the, the hazard sensors, that's a big deal because they detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Just because we don't get a lot of those things in St. Louis, we've got people listening to the show all over the country, all over the world. I got people who email me from overseas. Hazard sensors for all of those issues that happen all over the world. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a buck a day. Less than a buck a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend here at the Locked On Network. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. That's where you got to go, okay? This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. Don't let it pass you by. Keep your family, keep your home safe. Simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. NFL fan, you got Thursday Night Football tonight. The Blues were in action tonight. Oh, they're having a rough go, aren't they? Locked On Sports today, they'll talk about it. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So Michael has got the start in the second game of the season this year against the Pirates. And uh, the first inning, did it wasn't exactly pretty. <laughs> Three straight singles to start the game. Then uh, a sacrifice fly, then a fly out, then a walk, then another fly out. And I remember texting my buddies and I was like, oh, great. This Michaelis thing is going to be a nightmare this year. I am not excited about this guy. I can't believe we still got to pay this dude. He lasts just three and two-thirds innings that first day. And already, I'm thinking like, all right, who do we replace him with? Get him out of here. I'm done. But for the rest of the month, Miles Michaelis is outstanding. He goes one and one record-wise in five starts, but an ERA, 1.52. Little regression, little regression in May. Goes two and two, 3.77. Most of that damage is done when the Brewers pop him for six runs in his last start of the month. June, two and two again, but the ERA drops back down to 2.38. And who, for, who can forget the game? June 14th against the Pirates again, where he's one out. One out away from a no-hitter and gives up that shot off the wall in center field to lose the no-no. Some people thought Bader should have been able to get to it. I'm sure Bader thought he could get to it. Just heartbreaking. Just didn't catch it off the bat, right? And it hits. Oh, that sucked. One out away from it. But an incredible outing nonetheless, right? So he stays steady in July. He goes 3-3 three and three with the 3.58 ERA, but the home runs start to go up a little bit. They go up to six in the month. He'd give it up eight total up to that point over the first three months of the year. Wraps up the first half with a 7-7 seven and seven record, which isn't great, but his ERA is 2.54, and people notice. And he ends up making the NL All-Star team as a replacement for Corbin Burns, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. And that's got to be a cool moment for him. After the struggles in the U.S., he goes to Japan, comes back, dominates. Then he goes through all the injuries, which basically wipe out two years of his career. Rebounds by making the All-Star team again. Bravo. Bravo, Miles Michaelis. Second half, a little bit rockier. Perhaps it's the ballparks that he plays in. 
had to go to Coors Field in Denver. Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati twice, but his numbers got ugly at the end of July into August. He gives up six runs in Cincinnati at the end of July. Then he goes two and two, but the ERA shoots up to 5.75 in August. And we all remember that horrible, horrible Rockies game on August 9th where he just felt bad about, about it. Like watching it, you're like, Ollie, take him out. Gets abused for 10 runs on 14 hits in just two and two-thirds innings. He also gives up four runs and three more home runs at Cincinnati on August 29th. The home run ball, it's just going to be a thing with Miles. It's just, it's going to be there all the time because he lives in the strike zone. He's not somebody who's got this crazy repertoire of pitches that gets people to chase all the time. His game is throwing strikes. And you just hope that you can contain these home runs to make sure that they're just solo home runs if you can. But he gives up seven more of them in August. And a funny stat here, because this is how much he throws strikes. He gave up more home runs in August, seven, than he did walks. He walked four people and gave up seven home runs. Then in September, things settled down again. He goes two and three, ERA back down to 2.38. And the home runs dropped to four. He ends up starting game two of the National League wildcard series and goes four and a third innings, giving up two runs, including, you guessed it, another home run. This one, a uh, solo moonshot by Bryce Harper, which unfortunately kind of set the tone of that game. And the Cardinals lose two to nothing. And their season comes to an unceremonious end. So all in all, 12 and 13 this year, a losing record for Miles Michaelis, but the team goes 18 and 15 in games that he starts. His ERA finishes at 3.29, which was 24th in all of baseball and 14th in the National League. He was 10th in the league in walks per nine, which is something he does great and always has. But I think the biggest takeaway about Miles Michaelis' season is the fact that he was healthy all year long. I mentioned at the beginning, he had 33 appearances, 32 starts. Those 32 starts, the second most in all of Major League Baseball. All of Major League Baseball. And the bottom line is a healthy Michaelis is a is a pretty good pitcher. And this next season, he's got something to prove. And this is also why I think we won't see all that much regression from this year's numbers. Number one, he throws strikes. We've established that, right? Always has. He throws strikes. Hence, he gives up more hits and more home runs because hitters have to swing at the ball or they'll strike out looking but he gets the guys to put the ball in play. He doesn't walk guys, which gets him into bad innings or anything like that, which is how your numbers can really start to escalate. You lo- Go ask Dakota Hudson. <laughs> when you start walking people, what happens to your numbers? They go up. That's not going to happen with Michaelis. He's going to throw strikes. Number two, he got zero to two runs in run support in 13 of his starts. So that obviously had an effect on his wins and losses this year. Uh, He also had, like, I think it was 13 starts where they scored like six or more runs, which also has an effect. But two or less runs in 13 of the starts against my, you know, we we saw this a lot. It was brought up all the time on the telecast that, like, if he could just get some run support once in a while. So hopefully the Cardinals can do that for him next year. Uh, He developed a nice rapport with Andrew Kisner behind the plate, who could very well be his catcher next year, more times than not. This year, he had 139 innings with him, opposed to 69 with Yachty. Yes, his numbers were better with Yachty, but whose numbers aren't better with Yachty or Molina behind home plate? 
one of the greatest catchers of all time. But they weren't like poop with Kisner behind the plate. So he's already got that, you know, that 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 camaraderie with Andrew Kisner, you know? So that, that won't be an issue if Kisner ends up being your starting catcher next year. Heaven forbid. Uh, he's also going into a contract year. That extension is up, and perhaps he'll get that free agent-to-be boost that some players get. My advice, just don't let him pitch in Coors Field or Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. His ERA at Coors that day, 33.75, and yes, it was the only start that he had in Denver, and things get weird in Denver sometimes. But then his ERA in his two starts at Cincinnati, 9.64. Not very good there either. So let's avoid those places. Cool? That's just... That's my advice. I like Miles Michaelis as a pitcher. I love him as a person, too. As a character, he's got a great personality. Staying healthy is going to be a huge deal for this team this year when it comes to Miles Michaelis. If he can stay healthy, especially if they don't bring any extra arms for this rotation, it's going to be very important that Miles Michaelis is getting close to that 30 start cap again. That's where you want him at. But, um, Maybe there is a way to bring in some extra help. So speaking of bringing in other people, I had an interesting trade proposal for Brewers starting pitcher Corbin Burns. And I want to run that by you guys next, just for fun on Locked on Cardinals. So our guy, Lindsey Crosby over at Locked on MLB Prospects, if you're not listening or following that particular podcast, you should do that. Talks about uh, Cardinals prospects. A lot and a lot of other prospects around the league, but he's also doing a lot of trade chat lately because it's the off season. You got the GM meetings coming up and after the world series is concluded, we should start seeing some action. One that uh, he brought up today was this was the, uh, the post on Twitter. If we assume the brewers can extend both Burns and Woodruff, what does your team offer for Corbin Burns? And then he wrote like a, a, a text to all of us in the locked on network. Like, Hey, if you guys got an offer for Corbin Burns, would love to hear it from you. Uh, let us know what you think it'll be. Well, well, we can talk about it. So here was my response. Okay. Um, using the baseball trade values website, Burns is worth a 78.3. So this is the package that I put together and I've actually got this thing. I'm going to post, I'll push this up here on YouTube for you. There you go. So that's what I put together. Burns, as you can see, 78.3. That's his value. So I've got outfielder Alec Burleson, second baseman Nolan Gorman, right-hander Gordon Graceffo, and left-hander Matthew Libertor. And that gave me an overall value of 82.10. All right? And then I wrote on the tweet, I said, not that the Brewers would ever. Trade him in the division, but the Cardinals need a bona fide ace and offering three of their top five prospects, two of them pitchers, and Gorman, who was their top prospect, might be hard to pass up, right? I mean, wouldn't you think about something like this if you were offered it, if you're the Brewers? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Again, I have no illusions that uh, the Brewers would trade him to the Cardinals. But what are your thoughts on that particular deal that I put together? Would you move it around? Would you bring in other players instead of the ones that I offered? Yay or nay? 
Why or why not? Do you like or dislike this deal? Leave your comments down below on uh, the YouTube video. And obviously, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. I retweeted uh, the interaction that we had going on with Locked On uh, MLB Prospects on Twitter. So if you want to write something about that, I, I encourage Brewers fans to write in too. And I'm sure they're going to say, hell no, we're not giving you Corbin Burns. But for fun, all right, just for fun, what do you guys think of that deal? I mean, that's a lot. That is uh, a lot going into that. Three of our top five prospects. The only ones I didn't include were Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, who the Brewers would probably demand at least one of them. But I say, nay, you get this because the Baseball Trade Values website says that that's enough. So there you go. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, you guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. We'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. 